Welcome to Profits Affogato, a podcast all about growing a profitable business that pours over into your life. I'm your host, Sarah Verhayen, online entrepreneur, wife, and mom of two. I'm the owner of Marish Books, where we help small business owners grow their profits by embracing the number side of their business. It's our mission to make business and accounting more human. Whether you consider yourself not a numbers person or you think playing in spreadsheets is a fun time, you're welcome here. So pour a cup of coffee and join me for inspiration, stories, and action steps to create the life of your dreams and a business you love. I am excited and nervous to share this episode with you. Today, we're going to go a little bit deeper into my background and how I got to where I am and the lessons that I learned along the way. And I know I touched briefly on this when I first started the podcast, but after a few months after kind of a heavy life transition, I'm ready to go a little bit deeper into it. So as I think I've shared before, I have been in accounting my whole career. I followed the standard track of studying hard, getting good grades, striving for A pluses, going to college, getting my master's degree in accounting, getting a job, studying for the CPA exam, passing the test, becoming a CPA, and just going along the corporate track of being a public accountant in tax. And it's funny because originally when I graduated college, I was going to take some time off and just study for the CPA exam to focus on that and not overwhelm myself and just have like dedicated time to focus on that. And I told myself I was going to do that unless quote unquote, a job fell into my lap. And as I'm sure you can guess, a job fell into my lap. That's a good example of how I was going through life back then is just almost leaving parts up to fate and not checking in with myself and ask, is this right for me? In the end, of course, it all worked out, but it was a very stressful first year of work, doing both working full time and studying for the CPA exam. That's basically all I did is work either a lot of hours during busy season, or I would come home during quote unquote off season, where when you're only working 40 hours, I would come home and study and take some very stressful exams. And I wish I had known what I know now about mindset back then and how to manage just your mind around a very stressful season, but, but that's okay. We learn from everything. So So that first job was great in that it provided a lot of experience and a lot of really great friendships and connections. And it was, it was right for where I was at the time, but it was also, I could tell that even at the very beginning that it wasn't necessarily the perfect career path for me by looking at those people who were ahead of me, both in age and in their career, the managers, the senior managers, the partners looking at their lifestyle, which was stressful. It was working a lot, staying till 10, 11, 12 during busy season, waking up the next morning, coming in at eight or nine and doing that day in, day out, sometimes six or seven days a week for two months at a time, twice a year. However, so much of my identity was wrapped up into being an accountant because my self-worth was my work. I thought that my value came from my output and how hard I worked and what a good job I did and how many great reviews and raises and everything I got. And so that was the first thing that had to shift in order for me to change the course of my life is the realization and the embodied belief that every human is inherently valuable and your value doesn't come from your work or how good of a mom you are or any sort of external 
aspect of their lives. And so I think I've shared on a different episode, the catalyst for starting my business, it had to do with motherhood and the pandemic and my career, all of that kind of colliding in a way that made me re-examine everything. So if you want to hear more about that, go to, I think it's probably episode one, the intro episode. But thinking back to who I was when that was occurring, like so many things had to shift. So the first one was, which I just talked about, where my self-worth came from. The second big shift that had to happen is around feelings, which is funny. Feelings always seem to come back into my life as like a, a theme that I'm working through and allowing almost. Even in my business name, Marish Books, feelings are tied in because a mare, a female horse, when somebody says, oh, she's being marish, she's acting like hormonal or moody or just having feelings. And of course, feelings are not allowed in corporate America. Well, happiness is allowed. That's about it. <laughs> it's always kind of been an issue for me because growing up, I was a very sensitive kid. I cried a lot. Sorry, mom and dad. I must have been a really fun baby to be around. But I was just very sensitive to things. I hated scary movies. I could not watch them. I have never been through a haunted house and always felt like there was something wrong with me because all these kids could handle all those things and I just couldn't. They were just too much for me. And of course, now there's a lot of research coming out about highly sensitive people and the different ways our brains are wired. And so I'm excited that for our our kids' generation going forward, hopefully, and I hope it continues to improve, but hopefully differences like that and neurodivergences and things will be more celebrated rather than dismissed. So I was highly sensitive. I would cry a lot when my feelings got hurt, of course, and of course, when I had physical pain. And so it was a big struggle for me growing up to try to learn how to take control of my emotions and to not show my emotions. And it was something that I worried about and thought about a lot. And so of course that carried into my first job. I specifically remember probably my first week I was given a project with a brand new software that I had no idea how to use and was given no training. And it was just like, here you go, figure it out. Good luck. Let me know what questions you have. And you're like, I don't even know enough about any of this to know what questions I have. (laughs) Just a very overwhelming kind of feeling. And I found myself in the bathroom my first week, just like sobbing and like, what have I done? I've gone through all this education and studying and everything. And I looking ahead at those managers and partners, I'm terrified. This is my, my life path of staying at a job that I am not extremely passionate about. Like I'm good at it and I do all of my work with integrity because that's the kind of person I am. I will always do my work with integrity and serve the clients to my highest potential and ability, but it's not where my passion was. So I'm kind of going out of order here. I'll come back to the feelings thing. I'll end with that one, but I'll say the second shift that had to happen was the fact that following my passion and everybody following their passion is the number one way for the world to change for the better. I fully believe now that if you're in a job that you, you know, maybe you don't hate it, it's fine. It pays the bills. You're really good at it because you've been there for a long time, but it's not your passion. Following your passion and even if it requires some changing of your life or some discomfort as you go through these changes and some maybe a little bit less security things like that. 
in the end, it is what's for the best for everybody and for yourself. And I will say there was a lot of work for me to find my passion. When I was going to school for accounting, I was always like, well, there's nothing I'm really passionate about. So, you know, this seems like a pretty good office job and stable and has a lot of job security. So we'll just go this route. And this also isn't to say that tax accounting is not a good career because it is for the right person who has passion for it and has the kind of personality and the right fit for it. It's a fantastic career. It just wasn't the right fit for me. But it's funny because regular accounting or bookkeeping is in the way that I am able to interact more with my clients and get a deeper level of support with them on their businesses. Okay, so coming back to feelings, that was definitely the third shift is how to allow feelings because feelings were not allowed growing up and definitely not in the workplace or school or anything like that. And so, and it's like the, the more you resist, the harder it persists. So the more you try to make yourself not cry, the more likely you are to just like explode in tears, right? Like sobbing. And I think about what are feelings? It's funny to me that they're called feelings because, you know, people ask, so where in your body do you feel the sadness? And sometimes I can be like, I mean, I guess like a little bit of tension here, but I don't, and I'm sure this comes with practice. Usually I don't feel feelings nearly as much as I feel like physical pain of like falling down or like touch or sensations and things like that. So it's funny that feelings are called feelings to me because in my mind, it's like, I just feel feelings in the terms of all the thoughts that I have and the persistent thoughts that come back. And you're like, I don't want to think about that right now. And then of course, what you resist persists. And so it comes back harder and harder and harder, more and more intense. And then you're mad at yourself for thinking those thoughts and it just spirals. And so I wanted to share here what I've learned about feelings and how it's honestly helped me change my life. Like how ridiculous does that sound? Like, Allowing myself to feel my feelings has allowed me to do anything, but it's so true. It's, I think it was Brooke Castillo who has the life coach school and the life coach school podcast who said, the reason that I'm so successful is because there is no feeling that I'm not, that I won't allow myself to feel. And I'm sure I'm butchering her eloquent way of saying that, but in essence, that's what it was. So a lot of what I've learned comes from her and comes from other coaches who have helped navigate this and relearn how to handle feelings. But I just want to share my kind of way of working through feelings that some would label less than negative, like sadness or guilt or shame or embarrassment or all anything like that. So first is to name it. And sometimes it's hard to even name the feeling. So even just naming the thought, like if the thought pops up and you're like, okay, that's coming back. Like I thought we had worked through that, but it's coming back and that's okay. Like you're allowed to be here. And then if you're able to go a little bit deeper and name the feeling around that, like, okay, that, that thought is making me feel a little bit ashamed. And then saying, that's okay. I'm allowed to feel ashamed. I'm a human. Shame is a human emotion and I'm allowed to feel that. It's okay to feel that. And then breathing into the feeling and breathing into your body. And I know it sounds super woo-woo, but it really takes the focus off of your mind and those spiraling thoughts into like 
where's your body sitting today? Like what, what does the weather feel like outside? Or what, what noises do you hear inside? Do you hear the air conditioning? Do you hear the fan? Do you hear a dog barking in the distance? And then into your body, do you feel that feeling as a kind of nauseous feeling? Do you feel it like as a constriction in your throat? Where do you feel that? And then I allow tears because sometimes you just need that release of emotion and a release of energy and it's okay to cry. Maybe someday as a society, we will accept that a little bit more. And then once you have allowed the feeling and kind of identified it in your body and cried if you needed to, or journaled or whatever, like you needed to do to kind of express it in a healthy way, like obviously don't go and like punch a wall or something. But if you're angry, maybe punch a pillow or do like a turn on some angry music and just do an angry dance and by yourself in a room. And then ask yourself, how is this for me? What can I learn from this? And I'm sure there will be a lot of, I hate to use the word lessons because it sounds like, oh, there's lessons in your, in your pain, but there is, of course. And asking yourself, like, how, what can I take from this? So for example, if it's somebody who communicated to you in a way that made you feel bad, how can you take that and make sure that you don't do that to somebody else? Like, how can you instill that as like deepening your values of this is how I want to be treated and this is how I will treat other people? And lastly, I wanted to touch on forgiveness and to say that a lot of the times when we're feeling something, some another person's probably involved. That seems to be when most of our feelings occur, not always, but when somebody else is involved the forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. It's so that you can live your life more freely and not be confined to having these thoughts and energy towards somebody else where you could be serving that energy somewhere else that's more beneficial for your life. And there are really great forgiveness meditations out there to do. You could probably find one on YouTube or something. But sometimes it's just as easy as telling yourself, like, I forgive this person and fully accepting it and moving on. And the reason that allowing my feelings is the third shift that had to happen is because there are ups and downs in life. There are ups and downs in business, good things and bad things. And when you're in business, it can feel like when bad things happen, like, oh, well, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe this isn't the right journey for me. But when in fact, bad things will happen in a corporate job too, or in any sort of life circumstance. And so it's being able to manage those feelings, navigate them and accept them as part of the experience. Because as long as we're living, we're going to have problems or obstacles that we are working through. And if we allow those instead, instead of being like, okay, well, you're right, I give up like this, you know, it's too hard. Seeing those obstacles as an opportunity to level up and say, like, I can handle this. I can get past this. I have done hard things before. I can do this again. And then seeing what's on the other side of getting past that is just beautiful. And if I hadn't learned this skill, and obviously I'm not a master at it, I am very new to this world and to this frame of thought. But if I hadn't learned this skill, I would allow the feelings to take over and to allow them to mean things about me that isn't there. I would create my own meaning of, well, this means that I 
I'm just going to fail at this. So I'll just quit right now. When in reality, the only way you fail is if you quit. (laughs) And so to wrap it up, I will say like, I don't think that any of the jobs I went through or any of the career circumstances I went through were a mistake. I think that they were all very, very much for me to use a plant analogy They were the baby leaves of my seedling. And so when you grow a seed, I didn't actually know this until very recently when I tried my hand at gardening this summer and it was mostly a fail, but I'm really good at starting seedlings. I'm just not good at maintaining them once they go outside. And yes, I've tried hardening them off by like giving them like an hour outside a day and increasing that. The first time I heard that, I was like, are you kidding me? I have to do that for these little baby plants. (laughs) Anyway, back to my analogy. So when you start a plant as a seedling, the first leaves you see are actually just the baby leaves. And there's probably like, there is a scientific term for this that I don't know, because I'm clearly not a gardening expert, but the baby leaves are different from the real like adult leaves once it grows up. So I view those jobs as the baby leaves of like, this was my like entrance into adulthood almost. And learning my way. And then these provided me with such a good foundation. And then it's, it was time for the baby leaves to fall off as the other leaves started to grow and sprout. And the baby leaves had to fall off in order for those grown up leaves to, I, I kind of hate calling them baby leaves and grown up leaves. Cause it's not like that was like childhood and this is adulthood. It's just, that was phase one and this is phase two. And, you know, of course, to continue on the metaphor, there will be flowers that bloom and then they fall off and die and other flowers will take their place and they'll grow bigger and stronger. And that's just life, right? So that's where I've been, how I got here, the shifts I made to the three shifts I made to change my life. And I'm excited to see what comes up next. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Profits Afogado podcast. For all the links mentioned in the episode, check out the show notes. And as always, I'd love it if you would find me on Instagram at Marish Books, screenshot the episode, and tag me in your stories with your favorite takeaway. 